We are back to Whiskey Hue. America calls Anthony Black and also Anthony Brown, which leaves a fool as the guy in the confusing middle. But guess what? I'm 100% organic. No Botox, no silicon, enhanced grade A brownness. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have someone to balance out the. We have someone to balance this out today. But hey, I, we're, we're new to this. Let me finish it. Sorry, I'm reading from the script that I've been doing for three years. So you know that's how sad it is. We're, we're brothers, two brothers, various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. There's no music today. Okay, this brother listen, music, MML did not clear my music, okay, and I do not want to get sued. Listen, Kawhi Leonard of music. <laughs> I'm going to sit this one out, guys. <laughs> is it Kawhi Leonard or is it the Ben Simmons? Oh, that's your guy. Wow. That's your Philly dude. I would not say that's my guy. I'm a Philly dude, yes, but I would not say that dude's my guy. So you know, well, I'm, well, I'm not going to, our, our friend, our mutual friend, Shelby, damn, name read. You know what I'm trying to we'll say. We'll be rena- real. You got me messing up. We'll yeah, be Chris, you got you're the white guy. Do it, man. <laughs> our our we'll mutual friend shall remain nameless. That's yes. what I was trying to do, man. Um, but he's really good friends with Ben Simmons. When he was coming in his rookie year, he's like, oh, you got to look at this guy, Ben Simmons. You know, I, both of you know I don't follow his college ball at all. I'm really well, bad about it. Unless one of my team's in it, which is infrequent. AG will point out. Um, that is <laughs> you know, true. So, that is now true. I'm, I'm becoming an Ohio State fan now. Kind of. Wow. Really? Because we, we can end this Okay, you know who my quarterback is? Oh, Justin the, Fields, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, okay. But then my my niece is going to University of Michigan, which used to whoop our ass from U of I all the Ooh, time. Um, she's starting there, and she's she's my superstar niece, so I'm I'm going to support her. She's starting. She's, the game she's playing. She's playing. She's she's, she's not playing on the men's football team. No, Anthony, she's not. <laughs> you should never jump on the uh, Ohio State bandwagon ever. Okay, I man, I, oh, huh. am I ever going to watch what, a game? What is, I'm, what is but, start, hey, AG's got history, man. AG's got history. I'm a Philly kid. So what? you give me Ben Simmons out the gate, that's not a good one. And now he's trying to tell me he's an Ohio State fan. I don't Ohio even know State where Ohio fan. State is. I'll be honest. <laughs> Diehard Ohio State fan next to my alma mater. In my alma mater is that where they do the Indianapolis 500? I'm kidding. Um, oh, jeez. No, so, no, but like, you know, it's cool. Um, as I, <laughs> no, we're going to we're, we're gonna dive in deep into it, man. Um Oh, you know, play it up. So Ben, our friend Benson was like, you know, he said he kept. I kept waiting for him. You know, he said, "Hey, watch." Everybody keeps waiting for him. Because his first year, I think he got he was hurt. He redshirted or whatever you call it. <laughs> Let's call it. Uh, but then, like, he came back. He's like, "Wait, next year he's got to skip another year." I'm like, "Damn, I've been waiting for ten years now, man. He's been on fourteen teams." Um, Where's he at wow. now? Is he still he in the Nets? Nets? I think he's a free agent. He's still He's a, he's a free agent. I don't think they're gonna I, get rid of him. I choose not to pay it. Like, although I, I like postseason NBA and then you know here and there after football season's over you know listen it is what it is I can't keep track of everybody right where where they end okay, up no. this part of the year right like I yeah. just I just I just can't when you know Dame Dame Lillard said he wants out of out of out of Portland I'm like all right great okay on hey, to the next day he, he deserves that yeah he well no, that. I get it he 100% deserves it I 100% you know listen the stars the stars the stars of the NBA I'm focused right now I'm on Formula One that's my right. focus for the summer right. until NFL and college football start back up. And then I got three. The NBA starts up. Then I'm kind of really still not paying attention. And then, you know, then the best part of the year, right? October is like October, November is like the best yeah. two sports football, months baby. of the year. Football. Yeah. Yeah. Have so you been on that one race? I know you, you and I talked a couple mm-hmm. months ago, right? And we talked. I, no, I, my friends, these clowns last year. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> the side is like, yeah, I'm gonna go, and they're like, well, Anthony, you're you're, you're new dad, you don't need to go. <laughs> so, that was Miami, right? That was Miami. No, no, they went to Austin, right? And so we're and it, so what's here's the problem with Formula One, as, as you know, Chris. It is a hundred percent because of the popularity right now. Yeah, you it is it is like trying to go to the Beyonce concert. You cannot afford <laughs> to go to a Formula One race in the United States right now. Yeah. All three of them are priced out. Whether it's the tickets, mm. trying to stay in, whether you're Airbnb within five or 10 miles of the racetrack, it is impossible. Like, I looked at the Austin tickets, which is supposed to be the, the cheapest race, and like turn 12 court rate, uh, tickets, like, uh, it's like $700, $800. That's now. So, Las Vegas, they're pricing the Las Vegas race. That thing is ridiculous. Yeah. The packages on that, that, I'm just like, well, this is not clearly. This is clearly for sponsors, yeah. and their and their and their guests, and the super rich. 
you cannot afford to go unless you want to, you know, get put put your mortgage, to, you know, your down payment for your house down. Which then, Ag might. Ag's like. He's hey. going to be there with binoculars, hey. eating from the vending machine. He's like, man, I can't do this. I can't do the tents. I'm not a tent guy today. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can, I go can I do the buffet? <laughs> oh, anyway, not, anyway not, before we got, get, off, uh, get off track, as per usual, let's, uh, let's doing? introduce our man. All right, Chris Orlando. We're still trying to peg down where we met. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been at least 10, 11 years because I saw uh, in, my, in an email trail. You know what I'm thinking we met, man? Um so Chris Orlando is actually more Indian than I am, apparently, because like we met over some Indian uh, business venture. Uh, I think you know where we met, man. I think we met through that the, Asian Indian Society thing. We used to bring all the big wigs, and there would be the road shows uh, the invest US, in our state. Yeah, the U.S. India Business Council or Strategic That's Partnership. It. Those, are th- I mean, those are dope. Those yeah. are dope. I mean, those heavy hitters in that room, and then me. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. yeah, so that's it. And then he's like, you know, I got another Indian friend you should meet. And I met him, Samir, our guy from yeah, yeah. you know another Philly guy, right? And he gave me a Punjab T-shirt, so I, I brought this. Um, look at that straight. Oh, I got I this when I was in India, straight out of Punjab, because I went there in December, January. And that you know, Ag likes to call him Hurlins. He's like, hey, you Punjab? I'm like, no, man. <laughs> so that's not how you say it. Are, are you are you African American? <laughs> I don't you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> cancel, cancel number two. All right, let's go. One, I didn't say it. Let's, let's clean it up. Let's clean it up. All right, man. Um, so Chris Orlando, man, we've been good friends for a long time. I trust this guy. He, you know, we've met through various circles, literally two, three times a year. We're sharing a new business idea or investment vehicle for us both to partner with. Hey, you know, hey, you jump on this one, or I'll share this with you. What do you think? And maybe put it in your ecosystem. Let's see what we can do. And they're all always very good and I remember you and I were almost thinking about buying a you know NFL was trying to expand in India (laughs) and we could have gotten a team for one percent the cost two mil versus two bill (laughs) or two three well now whatever it is five six bill apparently commanders uh so we you know we were looking at that at one point and then um that you know because they had a lot of my stalwarts in it you know Mike Dick uh big guys in there Kurt Warner was in there a bunch of big cats were in there so like all right that would have been exciting one of your boys from Philly um the ESPN dude Kevin Agandhi Yes, yeah. So that that would have been cool. So like, uh, didn't didn't I didn't jump in, and I think that you know they didn't. You, you move forward with a bunch of different things. You had some things, but now they've done a lot domestically. We'll talk about all that. They've done a lot in Asia, Middle East. They've got rights to all of that, and the let you know. So he's done a lot. So and you were one of the first. I'm going to give you credit for this as before we jump into Athlogic. Man, you were the first. I think 10, 11 years ago. Then I've heard about it everywhere since. Hey, there's going to be a huge, tremendous transfer of wealth from the boomer generation, which we call, quote-unquote, to their kin. And that was the first time I really heard about it because I was kind of newish into finance, around 2010-ish, I think. Um, and I, that now you're seeing it everywhere. And you're seeing, okay, th- there's an opportunity there. And you're so big, you left that space, and now you're jumping just straight deep into sports. But all the conversations have been, always been around media and sports, right? And I love it, and it's been great. Now... You're jumping into Athlogic, which we'll get into later on. So why don't you do this? Clean up every gap I missed, because I missed a lot. <laughs> and then we'll jump into the Athlogic company, which is the topic for today. All right. Uh, fair enough. So uh, I would say probably the easiest thing is, again, as we've already discussed, born and raised outside of Philly. So uh, I bleed all things Philly, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, Phillies, what, what have you. Um, had the opportunity to play in D3 ball in college. Uh, so yes. made some amazing relationships uh, at Rowan and then at Ursinus. Uh, was in the playoffs three out of four years. Uh, did not nice. have NFL caliber talent. Again, I played D3 for a reason. Um, so went into the financial world. So I've raised money for all different kind of products and projects over the years. Uh, 08, 09 happened. I ended up losing 16 products uh, that I was distributing. So I had a, a distribution company without product to distribute. So not, not really a good business model. So at that point, started focusing more on consulting. Uh, I believe in life, business, relationships, everything we do. We're at point A, we're trying to get to point B. Problem is most people have no idea what that point B is. Uh, I'm a huge believer in uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The maxim begin with the end in mind. So if I can understand what your end goal is, and we can crystallize that vision, all we have to do is move backwards and figure out what moves we have to make. Um, So I started doing that in the financial world, did a lot of work with succession planning, uh, helping guys figure out their exit strategy out of business. Uh, And one guy, 
traditionally what would happen is I would travel around the country uh, delivering seminars on succession planning and what you need to do, what steps you have to put into place to, to make that happen. Uh, and inevitably, every financial advisor that I talked to said, hey, Chris, this was awesome. I definitely need this help. But all of my clients are small and mid-sized business owners. They need this help as well. So I started branching out uh, and not only working with financial advisors, but just businesses in general in regards to succession planning. Uh, and one guy that I became very good friends with said, hey, let me ask you a question. He's like, uh, you played ball in college, right? I was like, yeah. He goes, what do you think about football in India? And he's a good friend. I was like, you're fucking with me, right? And uh, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, so but, but again, then he started telling me, obviously, 1.3 billion people, burgeoning Democrat, uh, democratic society, burgeoning middle class, English speaking, had a lot of good things there. And, and the one thing that was most amazing to me is if you look at the global population below the age of 25, one out of four is Indian. Indians are taking over the world. Again, in my opinion, I could be wrong. I'm like, get canceled. You never know. But to me, based off of Not from this side, maybe from Anthony's corner. Oh, my gosh. It's funny. We don't – sorry, Chris. We don't – We don't don't talk Indian on this spot. A fool talks – likes to like to talk trash. He doesn't actually – he doesn't ask my my opinion on it. I get it. I see it. The writing's on the wall. (laughs) I I, – even though I think a fool just likes that position. In oh. our discussions, I like the underdog position. Like man, the underdog no, no one's position. looking at you. He, he we likes- had this conversation before, man. If you tell the world I got ten bucks, they're gonna try to take your ten bucks. If I got a million and tell you I got one, nobody knows. <laughs> I, 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 I agree. I think it's best to stay anyway. Stri- All right, Chris, keep it going. But Chris, Chris, Stri- I told you the most Indian guy on the pot, right here. Go, keep going, man. No worries. So yeah, so like I said, uh, we ended up uh, launching a pro football league in India. Did a prototype season. Uh, and then, like you said, fast forward 15 years later, we built the infrastructure to commercialize university sports. So, but in the Man. beginning, uh, it started out, I was talking to financial advisors about how to run their business, compliance, uh, technology, products, all that good stuff. And then on the other hand, I was having conversations about creating football in India. So you could see conversations were a little bit more enjoyable talking on the sports side of things. Uh, and as a consultant, I, I was fortunate, had the flexibility and, and the foresight to say, okay, I enjoy talking sports. Uh, I grew up playing. So I, I thought it was an opportunity for a career. So I kind of made a, a switch later in life and started focusing more on consulting with different sports properties. Uh, so I did a lot of work with the NFL Alumni Association over the years um, and, and some various uh, other organizations as well, Raft Pro Training being one of them. Um, so really just started picking up a bunch of sports clients. And again, it's let me understand what your end goal is and then figure out what moves we have to make in order to get there. Um, and my life motto has always been, if I'm not making your life better, I'm just wasting your time. So uh, mm. I've kind of done away with uh, most things in the financial world and, and do most things in the sports world. And uh, it's been a fun run, my man. Yeah. Basketball's picked up there. Basketball, you know, we talked about this on a previous spot. They, you know. NBA poured hundreds of millions into China, and that was shut down pretty much overnight. And has, still has not—they re- have not recouped that. I think Adam Silver should put that hundreds of millions. I'm not even saying anywhere else. Put that back into America, and develop talent here. Because NFL, you get it. Because um, the best talent in the NBA right now is from external to the country. <laughs> we, can, we can say that we've seen it last couple of years. But in the NFL, we've talked about this, and we're going to get into this later. We just throw up some stats. Um, parents aren't putting their kids into football as much so they need it as a grooming field we need this sport to be global so then we can attract more talent elsewhere because maybe not a, a lot of it 10 20 years from now is not going to be homegrown we need to attract because you know there's a lot of pro- studies coming up and injuries and all that can cut you know what things that can happen to your body and long term and like eh, well let's play tennis <laughs> you know or, or baseball well it, it, that that football before we get off track chris keep me keep me honest the football, the number of people going to football is based off of, I think, two factors. Economic, their, the financial or economic sustainability of the household, right? Where, where, they, where, their, where their average income, median household income of that family. And then two, the region of the country. Yeah. In the Northeast, we, we, we go, yeah, I don't know. Or the West Coast, we're like, yeah, we'll, we'll put tennis, <laughs> we'll, uh, swimming. Down South? Yeah. Don't talk. Yeah. You can't. Southeast, the Southeast yeah. and Midwest. That's a Texas. whole different conversation. Texas. Texas yeah. different I think that's kind of dope. You know, it's ingrained in the culture since way back. There, there's really? a, uh, I just, we just signed on a school in Texas for Athlogic. 
I want to say they spent $70 million on their athletic complex. Again, I played D3 ball. High school. High school. High school? So their high school wow. stadium seats 20,000 people. Oh, that's amazing. At a high that's school amazing. stadium. Dude. 20,000 people. And it's packed every week. As you said, and it, it's a different animal down south, down in Texas. Uh, ball is a completely different yeah. world down there. We, we sit up here, we're like, nah, well, I'm going to put a swimming, you know. What? It is, it is a F1 culture. through my binoculars, yeah. through my TV. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a culture. That Friday Night Lights, the series, the movie, yeah. the book, that was all based on a reality and a cultural differences in the, in this in this country. That is that is the ha- the hard truth about that one. 100%. You got more of your story, seen, Chris. Keep telling us. I was going to say, have you guys ever seen the podcast from, uh, I butcher this cat's name every time. I want to say it's uh, Magnus Reed, played in the Canadian Football League. It's a TED Talk on, I think it's entitled, uh, uh, Why We Need to Keep, or Why High School Football is the Greatest Sport Ever. Wow, I love it. Um, it, It's a a 12-minute video that, to me, was eye-opening. You would think that he would talk the usual suspects of teamwork, overcoming adversity, all that stuff. But he said, think about the game of football. He goes, what other sport is as open and embracing as football? You can have 125 kids on your roster. It doesn't matter. Try to do that with hoops. Try to do that with baseball. Try to do that with soccer. You, You can't do it. And he said, but think about the game even a step further. This is what blew me away and, and kind of has changed my whole outlook on, on the sport. If you think about the game of football itself, there are 88 opportunities for a kid to have an impact on the game. Yeah. You got yeah. offense, 11 players, defense, 11 players, and they go through special teams, right? Kickoff, kick return, punt, punt return, field goal, field goal block. That's 88 opportunities for a kid to get on the game and have an impact. And to say I'm a part of something. That's yeah, you got me. Yeah, you got you got me there, man. Because <laughs> as you think about it, that that's the harsh the harsh truth about the sport of football. Like I, there's and there's no it, the way it's still set up in this country. You don't need to have money, right? Right to to play the Not sport. For football, right. Baseball. Every other sport, yeah. you have to either sure. go travel to a different team, be a part of the AAU team, and travel all across the country. You can be. You just need to ball out at your high school. And, you know, if you get invited to the Nike camps and all that, that's a different story. But, you know, that, you know, that's you just need to ball out in high school. Yeah. Everybody else, if you're not a part of the AAU team and you're not traveling, you're not getting picked up. Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest thing is, I mean, you think of Michael Jordan. I, I know certain people will think that what? he was the greatest hoops player ever to walk the earth. But if what? you think about it, the only reason Jordan is Jordan is because someone ended up spotting him and said, sure. you're coming to this camp. How many Michael Jordans are out there that don't have someone that spots them? Zero, baby. Exposed. <laughs> well, that's a, that, that's isn't that the same argument for Dwayne? No, it's not Dwayne Wade. No, John Morant. That you know, we all know that story. But it, where he is now, but that's how he got spotted. He got spotted at a camp. He was playing by himself in some gym. No one cared about him. Yeah, in the suburbs of uh, the rich suburbs. He's playing at a gym. Let's, let's focus. Let's focus. <laughs> no, hey, but I, um, I like uh, yeah, let's not get all Chris. Fast. You can talk about Michael Jordan all you want, but Anthony. <laughs> no, hey, but hey, let's get Chris. You got a jersey behind you, man. I do, um, and I know, I know the position you play because you told me last time. Last time we had a Zoom, like this, actually a few years ago, you told me when we had our Zoom. I that's the first time I saw it because we always talk to the phone. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, tell him what position you play, son. <laughs> I was, I was a. You look up here. I was a left-handed quarterback. Nice. So I, I played a D3 I've ball. Started out at Rowan. Nice. Uh, every year they lose a national championship, but they did in the '90s. Um, so it was a fun run, and then they I got there though. Transferring to uh, Ursinus and uh, finished up uh, my last two years there. Which that, that is that, and then uh, that picture yeah. right there is is the coolest present I've ever received in my life. So, That's dope. Um, so someone gave that was it? That, my, my aunt. Oh, would, actually, she just passed okay. away, uh, this past year. That's the lady we'll go with. That lady we go with. So uh, she ended up giving me this gift. So at Ursinus, it's a very much academic school. Um, yep. You are definitely mm. a student before you are an athlete. Um, so they tried to kind of, my senior year, we kind of rebranded the program, tried to kind of give it some life. Um, and we wanted to connect the school with the football program. So our coach had an idea where he would get a guest, uh, a professor, would be a guest mm-hmm. coach for the week. 
So we'd have someone from the math department, someone from the English department, every major, they'd be a coach. They'd come to all practices, come to all our meetings and all that good stuff. uh, And they would give the pregame speech. So uh, we had an English professor was our coach. And uh, uh, St. Crispin's Day, if you've ever read that story, he basically read us the St. Crispin's Day story, but changed the names to all the names of, of our senior class. Um, that was awesome. Which was awesome. So it's a very cool thing. We ended up, like I said, best team of school history, had a rock star. So fast forward years later, uh, my uh, cousin was looking to go to college. He was much younger, looking to go to colleges. So his grandmother, or yes, the aunt, ended up buying him a book of all colleges to kind of start doing some research. When they opened up her science, it had this oh, speech. Oh, on nice. There. It's kind of talking about how the school's small, close-knit community and all that stuff. So very cool. So she ended up getting that speech uh, and had an artist draw a left-handed quarterback and wrote that speech uh, and gave that to me as a Christmas present. That's so, dope. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout-out to the aunt, man. I love that. Story. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Awesome. Um, before we jump into the whole set, set the tone for everything, let's get the framework. But tell us your – just give us a short name, whiskey of the day, and then we're going to do the story about your personal story around it at the end of the show. We're going to be sipping it all day. All right. Whiskey of the like day. Literally. I, I got to be. I, I, I'm. I'm not a huge whiskey guy. So if if I had to go whiskey, oh, shit. I'm sorry. I just sneezed. Hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so Chris, I, I was more of a tequila man myself. Again, I spent a decade in L.A. I was a bartender on the Sunset Strip in a part of life. That, that's oh, the what the pod should there's, be about. There, there, that's a whole other podcast. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, After yeah. dark, there, there's a, a few different whiskey stories I, I could talk about about those days of some. Some high-end celebs that had a very good time. <laughs> you told me you actually told me that you kicked it with a NFL dude. I remember this story. Now, you, some some dude came in. We'll talk about another pot. There's a bunch of stories there, but yeah, I remember you told me, or some some big ass dude came in years after retirement, and you guys closed it out and were hanging out. Um, remember? You know what I'm talking about? Exactly. Like, so like I said, yeah. I mean, the one that jumps into my brain is usually Dr. Dre. It's a story that I kind of tell. I mean, he was Dr. Dre, so not a player. <laughs> in another rail. <laughs> in another sport. cats I've ever met in my life. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'd be kind of dope, <laughs> especially from our era. Yeah. Um, unless you like the baby fan. <laughs> anyway, so jump in. Okay, so let's. Um, so what is your what is your drink of choice? Like you, can t- it could be tequila if you want to do that, and we discuss it in the, the show. Uh, again, man, I, I, if I'm going liquor, I'm going tequila. Uh, and, okay. And, and no training wheels. I'm just straight shot. So let, let, let's get it in. Oh, yeah, uh, no glass needed either. <laughs> okay. Just go. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of jokes there. I was gonna, I was gonna stop. All right, let's set the, let's set the, let's set the base for this all because we're gonna jump into that logic and all. Chris, obviously, AJ and I love talking sports. We played at our levels. Uh, maybe level. maybe AJ took it further than I did. Yeah. Um, I didn't play at Chris's level. Let's, I'll put it that way. But um, I, I, they asked me to be on the football team because I was fast. Um, Mom dad wouldn't let me. They're like, people get hurt. I'm like, hey, you know, good idea. Cool. <laughs> um, but I, it would have been awesome to be able to play because I was fast. Our gym, our gym coach was uh, the, the coach. Our gym teacher was the coach of the team. He's like, dude, yeah. you're fast. Come on. Yeah. Like, you see me, right? I'm like Snoop Dogg weight at that time, right? <laughs> okay, let's go. So let's get into high school sports. Like, so in 2000, I was just, I was just Googling. 2010, it had like 1.1 million high school boys playing the sport. Still one of the most popular sports, if not the most popular high school sport, even given all the, what we've been talking about. Now it's just over a million, right? And you, you, you know these stats better than we do, Chris, probably. So like just, just over a million. So it's coming down about 100K, let's say in the last 11, 12 years because of maybe a bunch of different things, maybe different interests, maybe kids are playing video games, whatever they're doing, right? There's stuff, you know, that, you know, they're not like us in our time. Yeah. Uh, so let's go through. There's some stats that I pulled up, and then you you take it from here. So there's NFL. We're talking about, you talk about the end goal, right? And then we build ourselves back from there. How do we get to that end goal? So seven rounds of NFL drafting every year, right? 32 teams. That gives you 225 to 250 players get drafted roughly, given a few seeks, you know, folks join the team undrafted as well. So that's about 250, let's say, new players every year. So that's 1,760 total players in the NFL. 32 times 55 players each team, right? Um, and then, so that, you know, we got to that number. So we got that. So six to 7% of high school players make it to college every year. Mm-hmm. I think Logic's going to try to change that maybe. But one to 2% of those college players go on to make the pros, right? So that's where we're at. Um, take it from that. And take from the, you, you tee up the conversation from there, and then we'll jump into AJ and I have a lot of 
input and questions around this whole thing. We jump into what you're doing to improve those a those stats or improve the quality of the performer coming out and making the ecosystem just more value play. Yep. I'll tell you, sir. All right, I, I appreciate that uh, that setup, my man. Um, I would think that again, if we go back to the the Magnus Reed conversation, eighty eight opportunities for a kid to have an impact on the game. Um, the thing that I like about Athlogic, and this is what I've been telling everyone, why do we need to stop at 88 people? Why can't that be 100 people have an impact on the game? Why can't that be 200 people have an impact on the game? And really, that comes down to what we're doing at Athlogic with creating sports analytics clubs at the high school. So we're going to kind of, if you think about a high school, it really has, what, three subsets of kids, right? You've got the athlete that's on the field that's performing. You've got the kid that loves the game of football, but doesn't have the skill set, doesn't have the mindset, doesn't have the body type, doesn't have the parents that will allow him to play, but still wants to have an impact on the game. It's a great opportunity for them. And then you've got a third subset of kids that they can give two shits about a ball. They just want to crunch some numbers. Um, So we're really looking at it because when you talk about the numbers went from 1.1 to down to a million dollars or a million kids playing, um, I really think that has to do with where we are in society. I think, again, I'm pushing 50 this year. So when I was a little kid, my mom kicked me out of the house at 8 a.m. and said, all right, deuces, I'll see you tonight at dinner. Go ahead and have fun. So we go to the baseball field. We go to the football field. We would just play all day long. I don't see kids doing that now. I think it's, again, if you look at, like, eSports and gaming and all that stuff, it's taken over and kind of caters to them. So I think that has a lot to do with, to me, I could walk across the street right now and get hit by a car. I was in a car accident a month ago and broke a couple of ribs. So you can get dinged up any way possible. Um, so to me, and like I said, is there a risk in it? 100%. If I get hit in the head enough times, something bad could happen. Absolutely. But I think the kids that get hurt kind of play with a little bit of fear. I mean, injuries are going to happen regardless. I think it's more about just understanding that things are going to happen in life. Whatever that is, you're going to have to figure out how to overcome that adversity. Be it if you get injured on the field or if you're playing a pickup game of hoops and you roll your ankle and, and you're out. Injuries are going to happen <clears throat> regardless. So I, I think the numbers, I'm not really all that concerned about it. I think you make a great point of it being a very homegrown sport and needs to become more international. I think David Stern, when he was running the NBA, did a fantastic job uh, of making the NBA a global thing. I know Roger is trying to do some things with the NFL. They're making some great strides. They're just not near where, where the NBA is. But again, give it time. And again, it's football is a very American sport. It's difficult to export that sport because you know NBA, like a basketball hoop, you can put up anywhere. Like we did in America, we had it. Right. Other countries had soccer fields, football. You know, their global football fields, and then yeah. just go and play. Right. Yeah. So having a football field, let's play in a backyard. It's kind of a different concept for them. But yeah. Keep going. Hundred percent. But again, so if you look at You've got a million kids that are playing and what, 6%, give or take, that, that make it on. You figure that's broken down between probably maybe 2% go to D1, 2% D2, 2% D3. Numbers are somewhere in that ballpark. So I, I say if you make it to the college level, you're a freaking freak of nature. You're a freak athlete. Yeah. Uh, again, I mean, yeah. I played D3 ball, so nothing nothing spectacular. But our team was head and shoulders above any high school team that, that you would come across, right? It's just that, that natural evolution of the sport. Um, but really, it's kind of like I said, that the biggest issue with, to me with kids getting to play at the next level is getting that exposure. I mean, sometimes coaches are run down. They, they, they do, they're doing all that they can. I know huddles out there. there there's some different services out there. But kids don't have the exposure um, that they need. And then the problem is the information that's out there is suspect at best. So college coaches have a huge issue with the data that they're receiving. How do they trust it? How do they believe it? Um, I'll give you an example. So we're talking to uh, Texas A&M, and uh, they were recruiting a D lineman. So this kid was 6'5", three bills, ran like a 4'9", freak of nature, right? A&M coach goes down, sees this kid who's 6'2", 270, ran like a 5'3". Uh, 
so again, had had this coach known what he had, number one, the first expectation of I'm picturing 6'5", 300 freak in nature, and then I see a 6'2", 275, it's a completely different athlete. The coach is already negative in that standpoint and saying, okay, all this stuff I saw about him was BS. So how do they kind of trust that data? And, and really, I think that's where we're going to change the game. So we've got a, the, a proprietary app that, that has uh, verification in our software to, to make sure that the data and the stats is real. Once you have real data, then it's a game changer. Get into it. Unlock F-Logic, man. Unlock it for us. All right. So it's, uh, we're bringing professional analytics to amateur sports, right? So if you think about kind of the history of technology and football, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been trying to get an advantage since the beginning of time. Go back to 1911, Percy Houghton was the coach of Harvard. And he took still pictures of Yale's formations. And that's how he gained his competitive advantage over Yale in the early days, right? So he was using technology to his advantage. He was a first mover, had a huge advantage. Fast forward to the 1940s, you got Sid Gilman at the University of Cincinnati used motion pictures as a way or film as a way to scout and recruit against the players that, that or the teams that he was facing. My man crushed it, won the MAC three years in a row. NCAA actually instilled a rule that says you can't use film during the game, which I believe that rule still holds true today, which is mind-boggling, right? Um, And then, like I said, evolution of film, and it's always been based off of film. It wasn't until 2001 with uh, Billy Bean, Oakland A's Moneyball, right? That was the first time that they used data to make their decisions. And they were the early adopter and caught the league by storm. They were garbage that year, turned it around, went to the ALCS. And then you got a couple years later, unfortunately, the Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Um, but it was basically off of data-driven things, right? And now, I mean, Shay, you turn on a game, you're bombarded with analytics. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And the interesting thing about it is everyone is focusing on the professional athlete. There's what, maybe a half a percent, and I'm sure that's a generous number, of athletes in the world that are getting paid for the game that they play. So we're spending billions of dollars focusing on a very, very small subset. No one is focusing on all the amateur athletes. And why is that, right? It's expensive as shit. So, I mean, if you look at any NFL team, any NBA team, they have analytics departments where they're paying good money to a number of employees. So it's an expensive proposition to get all the data. But why do they do it, right? Because they know that that data is so important. And again, if they have more and more information, they're going to make better and better decisions to help put them in a position to win. The problem is at the amateur level, it's expensive. High schools don't have, most colleges don't have budget to hire all these people to do all the analytics for them. Athlogic figured out how to bring it to the masses. So we built an app. So it's designed for students, parents, coaches, reporters, anyone on the sideline of a game uses our app and records play-by-play stats in real time. With that data, we can do a lot of really cool things that help all the stakeholders. The students in the school with our sports analytics club, the athletes on and off the field, um, helping them. And then, like I said, analytics are going to help the coaches uh, make better decisions and put their kids in a better position to win. That's what we do, my friend. That's that's dope. Ag, what do you got? No, I remember. I think you and I talked about it months ago, and I was just like, "Wow!" As we were talking, it's like you know, this will kill so many sports, right? Um, And you know, from you know, I was talking about my alma mater, high school alma mater. I was like, "Yeah, they would kill it in basketball. They would kill it in." You know, the irony was or is, I didn't realize how much data is involved in every sport now. Right, and at the big college levels, they're doing this analysis. Like I'm a, I, like I love wrestling, yeah. And I did not realize until I talked to a couple people who at, at, at the Big Ten schools when they were just like, yeah, they know takedowns, they know which leg the person prefers to take a shot on, they know how to you know X, Y, and Z, and it was mind-boggling the amount of data that they want. Yeah. And now, and knowing that football is America's biggest sport, it's not changing anytime soon. That kind of data at the high school level is a game changer. 
right? Put and especially what we were just talking about offline at the bigger schools, like those school districts and parts of the country where football is life yeah. and Friday Night Lights is real. Mm-hmm. That's where the data is game changer. That like the Hoover, Alabama, mm-hmm. the uh, I'm trying to remember the big school in Georgia, the big schools in Georgia, but. I can imagine them going out to, you know, make sure they can scout and get the data so they know how to run their plays, right? Because you're talking about D, they all have D1 talent. Right. And how do they get the upper hand in using something, you know, using Athlogic could be a game changer. So where do you see the product going when it comes down to um, sports uh, buy-in from different high schools? Like, do you see that, like, you know, getting buy-in by local school by school, state? by state like how is that how do you how do you envision a product growing yeah absolutely and like i said we started out with football because uh, my partner jackie the young buck just turned 25 uh he was the kid he likes to joke that he was the popular kid in high school that the coach has to take stats for the football team so but then and it's great that's the that's the one-off situation <laughs> but i haven't I, been in high school in 20 years i don't know yeah but every high school they they <laughs> ask some kid to, to do yeah. decisions and like i said he likes to joke. he's like yeah i wasn't very popular i didn't hit my stride till, till much later he's like and then after the game was over he's like i'd spend the weekend kind of looking at all my notes he's like i couldn't read my handwriting um i would miss a play i was looking at a girl what have you what happened he's like i'd miss some plays so, here and there and then uh i would try to figure out and make sense of it he's like but i saw how valuable it was to my coaching staff in my high school. He's like, the first week of the season, he presented to the head coach, hey, this is kind of what you're doing. Um, by like week three, week four, the OC, DC were sitting in on these meetings. By the end of the season, all these coaches were sitting in on this kid's meeting just to kind of see what it was. And he had the idea, he's like, there's got to be, he's one of those tech, again, young kids, so technology is in his wheelhouse. He's like, there's got to be something online for me to do this. Um, and, and he scoured the internet, couldn't find anything. Yeah. Um, so ends up going to Florida State, uh, started the sports analytics club there, got exposed to some crazy technology, uh, dealt with uh, on-field uh, type things, off-field type things like sleep habits, did a lot of really cool studies to, to kind of see how the athletes are performing on and off the field. And then also did like the business side of it, like ticketing, concessions, traffic flow, all that stuff. And, and like you said, it's uh, data, it, as much data as you can get, the more information they have, the better decisions that they're going to be able to make. So he ended up graduating and said, all right, I've got this idea. I know this is the thing. Let's work for IBM for a couple of years and then launched uh, Athlogic a few years ago. Um, so we did two seasons ago, uh, started out with like five high schools in South Florida that he was friendly with from where he grew up. Said, hey, check this out. Tell me what you think of it. We went from five high schools to 180 high schools across the country just in, th- in a three-week period of time just because, I mean, coaching is a fraternity. If I've got something that's working, I'm talking to my coaches all the time. Hey, check this out. So he knew he was on to something. Uh, we ended up launching last year, started out with a couple hundred schools. By the end of the season, we had 1,800 high schools used athletic wow. to record 1.3 million plays. So we picked up like 12% of the market last year, which was phenomenal. Um, but again, it's because we have something that no one else is doing anything remotely close to, and it brings tremendous value to the football team, to the student athlete, to the school itself. So our, our launch was with football. We're going to continue to dominate that marketplace and continue to build that out. Uh, we're in the process of, of kind of building out the wireframes for uh, we'll roll out soccer will be the next sport, then basketball. So that way we can do both boys and girls sports. Um, and like I said, with uh, the World Cup coming in a couple of years, we saw how crazy it was uh, in 94 when the World Cup came and how much money flowed into soccer. Um, so we want to be a part of that wave as well. And then, uh, again, part of my reason why connecting with Jackie with doing all the work I was doing over in India. So as we're building this company out here in the U.S. Uh, and, and we're, we're gaining our footing, uh, we'll then eventually go overseas and international for different soccer clubs and, and be the analytics department for amateur sports. Right. And they own the amateur. You own the amateur, right? I'm sorry, the media rights for a lot of, or you have first leg into media rights, Asia and Middle East, right? For a lot of sports, right? A lot of American sports, even, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for elite, we're doing 16 different sports for men and women. Um, Damn. So nice. at, at the college level, so we essentially, like I said, we've commercialized that university sports over in India. So yeah, we've, we've got access to a bunch of, bunch of things. One little venture nugget I want to just put in here, just how we look at something. Now I'm very interested. After you just kind of laid that out, you sent me the deck before. Yeah. Uh, look, you, <laughs> Jackie, the founder, found a solution to a challenge he saw, and there wasn't something already. He created it. I love it. All right, now 
incredible scalability, high quality tracking of consistently valuable data that has po- leads to positive outcomes. So then you can see the value extraction, right? And people are willing to pay for. Boom. That's a slam dunk if executed properly. And it looks like you are. Right. You're scaling like crazy from, I think you said, three to 1,800 schools the year one, two, yeah. what was it? Yeah, so like I said, we, we started out, uh, when we launched it within three weeks, we went five schools to 180 schools in the last three weeks of the 2021 season. 2022 season, we, we flipped it and got 1,800 schools. And then, like I said, we're, we're looking to uh, crush it for 2023. That's dope. And are there so, are, so is there a thing, you tell me because I don't know. Um, so, you know, you want to do a top-down approach, right? So if you could go at a national level and roll it out, is there organizations, hey, all schools should be using this? Or do you go city, regional? How do you do it? Yeah, absolutely. So we do the top-down, bottom-up approach, right? So uh, from the bottom-up side of things, it's it's going to my network, going to Jackie's network. Again, I've been fortunate. I played ball in college, uh, and I'm now old. So those guys have continued to grow, uh, and, and my coaches have continued to grow. And like I said, if you know anything about coaching, they're moving every year, every couple of years. Um, so I've got a pretty vast network across the country. Um, when it comes to access to high school and college sports. So going to the individual schools and just selling them on the opportunity. But then the, the top-down approach is we're going to different states. So like I said, I know we're in conversations with the state of North Carolina um, where they're going to fund, because we only charge 1500 bucks for the season for wow. Athlogic, for a high school. which is So high school would pay that? Each high school pays that? Each, each high school pays 1500 bucks. And, and again, that's a, a, a small Ooh. number. Um, very reasonable, right? Very reasonable. And again, when you look at it, it's funny. I was having a conversation with speaking of Florida State, uh, Tommy about Bobby's son. I was talking to him last week, um, and he was like, "You know what?" He's like, "It's cool." He's like, "Yeah, analytics that you're going to help the high school kids, help them perform better, help the coaches perform better." He's like, "Your crown jewel is a sports analytics club." He's like, mm-hmm. Having that impact of kids off the field, yeah is an unbelievable thing that I don't think people have started to realize how important that's going to be for us. Again, that's, that's my humble opinion. Um, but the interesting thing about it is, so talking to the state of North Carolina, they kind of echoed those sentiments and said, hey, you know what? It's cool that you're helping the kids get exposure, try to get them into college, but you're giving my constituents a skill set that they can go out and get a job. That yeah. is extremely yeah. powerful. So this is good for America, man. Yeah. This is good for America. Like, look, you know, we're trying to push kids and children into STEM. 100%. Anyway, this is an athlete, non-athlete, because not every athlete is going to make it to the pros or whatever. So they need a, the backup plan is their real job that they're going to eventually end on. Right. So all these people can develop the skill set that can contribute to them personally, professionally and to America, like just get us getting us in the STEM space. I love it, man. I love because yeah. the ecosystem can grow from there. Yeah. And then we got to talk about I know Anthony's going to want to bring it up. NIL, baby. Uh, that's got to come into play. Right now, Bronny uh, is seven and a half mil, right? Or something like that. And he's the highest paid, which makes sense. His dad is like a great, you know. <laughs> he's, he's got a little bit of a Top five player all time. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing nice. I'm playing nice. I know. I'm playing. That was on me. That's on me. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I said, I mean, it's definitely important of having an impact on the community and, and the greater vision of what we're doing. 100% is an opportunity to have an impact on kids. And again, me growing up, I was, a, I was a math major and a stat minor in college. So growing up uh, outside of- I told you, Zindy, man. <laughs> <laughs> This dude, this dude, man. <laughs> oh, shit. That's, that really anyway, so, anyway. Yeah, so, but growing up, man, I was good with numbers. So I thought my choices of a career path, again, very sheltered tunnel vision was I could either be a math teacher or I could be an accountant, right? They were the thoughts that if you're good in numbers, what other opportunities yeah. did you really have? Well, there wasn't that many the vision into the number and analytics wasn't there. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. He was young. He was probably looking at which uh, math teacher accounting probably had better cheerleading squads as part of the fan base. But, you know, I'm kidding. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, where is he going? But yeah, but like I said, so, so kids don't know what they don't know, right? Uh, and I didn't yeah. know what opportunities could lie from having this degree. So if we can give these kids an opportunity to have a hands-on I experience, it. I love it. immerse themselves in it. This is the real world. This is what the business of sport looks like. And like I said, over the course of the season, give them the foundations of analytics that they can kind of build upon. I, I think that's powerful. I, I think the, the, the craziest part, as you brought that up uh, about these analytics, the sports analytic clubs, 
is there what's going to come out of that for those individuals, right? Not just what other new ideas and new businesses are going to keep on fostering or coming mm-hmm. out at the right high schools that know how to cultivate, you know, young minds and, and get them to the next level. And at the same time, the amount of data that you guys are collecting, yeah. <laughs> right? That's just, I was, so my follow-up question was like, all right, so how's your business moving from a region? We were talking about regions, about football, like, you know, which regions are, are diehard football mm-hmm. and we like Southeast Midwest. Do you see that pickup from, from, from the skill, like how many people are the high schools that are joining your platform? Are they all over the country or, or are you seeing a concentration and you think that just mainly because the majority of it has been football so far? Yeah. yeah. Now we, we touch our 1800, we touch 49 States. So, uh, we have yeah. not figured Alaska's out. Alaska's the only one I read, right? We, yeah. We go, we're going to figure out Alaska. I'm, I'm going to get them this year. I don't know if I'm going to go busy. Once that bridge is built, baby, we can get there. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you know, right. what's dope about this, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, you, you mentioned 1500 as a price point. That's because technology has evolved in such a way, this would not have been accessible to the high school. That even might be steep for some high schools right now, right? You probably landed on that. I want to get to that. You probably landed on that price point saying, okay, as a rollout, that's proof of concept, boom. But then we got almost 2,000 schools year one. We, you could probably up it a little bit, but you're trying to find maybe, you're not trying to do like the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're trying to keep that number low, right? We want to keep as many, because again, we want to democratize yeah. access to analytics. Yeah. So we don't want to have a barrier to, yes, we're a business, we need to make money. I understand that. Yeah. Um, but really, our revenue is going to come from the data that we're collecting. We license access to the data and media of college football programs. They mm. spend, I think Georgia spent, Six million. I think it was reported that Georgia spent probably like two or three million dollars on recruiting. In actuality, that number is probably closer to six. That's yeah. BS. They they spend yes yeah, six million. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. So, <laughs> so they're spending tons. So that that part will, will be where we drive revenue. And then the other aspect is the data that we're collecting. To me, it's a very attractive opportunity from a sponsorship standpoint. So if mm, I'm a business, like I said, we're having conversations on the statewide level. So we're we're picking businesses in the state. And say, hey, listen, you want to have an impact on your community. Here's a chance you sponsor. Like I think I'm, I'm talking to, to a, a few companies up in Rhode Island. They only have 50 high schools, so it's a small thing. But for them, investing $75,000 in their local community to have these kids have a skill set so that they could potentially go work for this organization when they graduate. So I'm not the smartest kid in the world, but that seems like a, a very strong value proposition. Absolutely. So, where, where do you see your? What is your ten-year rollout? Right. What um, rollout vision? Right. Where Where is Athlogic in ten years? Because as you're talking to me, I'm like, man, I got ideas. So much, man. Yeah, like, so much. What do you, What do you guys see mm-hmm. the business in ten years? Jackie likes to say, if you've heard of this guy called uh, Elon Musk, that's kind of where, <laughs> where he's trying to go. So, please explain. He, he's got huge visions as to where he thinks this can go. Because again, the great thing about kids a genius. But the great thing about him is the nice thing about our technology, it's not just for sports. The underlying technology can be used in other verticals. So I know we've talked to like dermatologists about kind of having them film like skin molds and all that stuff and have a huge database and kind of what we're doing with crowdsourcing the data with high school football, doing something similar with all the dermatologists around the country, crowdsourcing that data. It helps to get to a, to a, a much bigger point much quicker. So we've got visions of, yes, we're going to dominate. We want to be, if you think of any search engine, you think of Google. So if you think of amateur analytics, you're going to think about logic. I love it. You know, you're thinking sports and medicine, you know, healthcare, right? Sports, uh, medicine. And like I said, we, we've had conversations with uh, with the military Department of Defense. Um, yeah. Because part- so all, but two of the three you just mentioned? Yeah. Heavily government, heavy government involvement. Sports, you can run untethered, and, because, and there's a high value margin play. Hundred percent. I focus there. Yeah, that's just me sitting on the sidelines. That's easy for me to say. Sure. Uh, but you know, I think the other two are great plays. Off. Oh yeah, like, like well. I said, I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely sports is going to be our, our baby, and that that's again for Chris Orlando. Why am I doing this? I, I believe that whether or not you're religious or not, at some point you're going to die. Father time's undefeated, right? So you're going to meet your maker, whoever that maker is. To me, the first question they're going to ask me is, what did you do with the time that I gave you? Oh. If my response is, oh. I had an impact on millions of kids across the world, I think he's going to say, welcome home, brother. 
Oh, we should we should end there, but we're not going to. <laughs> that, that that was a that, that was a that was a that was a drop the mic and like all right, so the whiskey yeah. of the day was this. <laughs> <laughs> this is our Sunday whiskey hue edition. <laughs> Chris, damn, I didn't know coming like that. Okay, go ahead, Meg. <laughs> hey, G. No, no, I so also because it's funny. I see the vision, right? And I and I and I you know, and I'm hoping all the listeners see it as well. And I and I think there's a non-stop growth opportunity and I like the idea of soccer, right? Because if you, I I think, I think maybe explain not just the, the why you're jumping to the sports, like, like why you're jumping to those sports actually, like where is the logic? Is it like, Hey, there's so much, so many different data points that you can analyze in these different sports that people don't think about. Like, you know, just, yeah, give me your thoughts on that. It, it's really kind of twofold, right? Again, it's having these kids have the opportunity to get additional exposure to continue further their career and make them a better athlete, um, right? So that that that's the, the interesting part about it. Um, why we started with football is because, again, Jackie tried to do it himself, did all the research. There's nothing out there. Saw that there was a need for it. Um, as we started developing and we brought in the sports analyst, we brought the different components of what we're doing. Um, we saw how much of a positive impact that has on a school, their, their entire ecosystem, right? Yeah. Um, so our next evolution, we were going to do basketball just because it, it was easy. Again, if you think of the revenue sports, it's football and then hoops. Um, but with uh, with the World Cup coming with soccer, uh, we were at we, – we talked F1. I don't know if it was offline or in the beginning. but Yeah, uh, offline, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, we went with uh, Tata Corporation, took us to, to, the, uh, to the race. It was fantastic. But um, one of the one of the add me next time. Put me in a suitcase. I got you. Okay. I got you. <laughs> um, but one, one of the uh, one of the customers that we met was a TV station. They do all of soccer, high school soccer in the Caribbean. There's wow. two hundred some odd high schools, and they put them on TV. So think of kind of Texas high school football is yep. Caribbean high school soccer. Um, Wow. And, and we were talking to a couple of scouts. The biggest issue that the world has, and again, this is just Chris Orlando speaking, and this could be completely just made up in my own brain. But from what we've been told, the biggest issue is if you think of Barca, you think of Real Madrid, you think of Chelsea, man, you, they all have these academies where they're working with these kids when they're little. Yeah. We don't have that in the U.S., so the biggest issue, I mean, we're starting to see it. I know a bunch of the, the European clubs are trying to infiltrate the U.S. and kind of setting up camp there and all that to kind of build their fandom. But there's really nothing out there that tracks the data of these high school athletes and gives them the exposure to continue continue on. That's really why we're trying to do this, right? We, we think that we know analytics is going to make the team perform better, the athlete perform better, the school perform better. But if it's an opportunity to kind of get that exposure and give them uh, chances to, to compete at the next level, we're in. Okay. There's so many lanes we could take this down. Let's have you back as well to talk about this again, man. I think we're going to have to. Um, look, I, I even on your website, amazingly concise, highly informative tagline, man. AtLogic makes it possible for high school football teams to track game-changing stats. Bam. That's it. In and out. I love it. And, you know, and that's, that's perfect. Um, okay. So... I want to have you. We definitely have to have you back. Cause yeah, we, gonna, you know, like Bronny. We start talking about seven and a half mil Manning's kids. The net, like the net, you know. And Bronny's a good looking kid. Yeah. That's highly marketable, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what Manning's kid looks like, but I'm assuming if he's got the forehead, that's Brandy potential right there. Billboard stuff. <laughs> it's, um, it's Coop's you kid. Know, it's not <laughs> three and a half. It's not Peyton's kid. It's Coop's kid. So you don't have the forehead. So although, <laughs> okay, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if Coop's got the forehead or not. But yeah, Archie's good looking kid. Um, and like I said, he's a set. So NIL is a huge thing. Like I said, part of what we do on our platform is, um, like I said, so we'll record stats on the field, we'll record stats off the field, we'll have high schools show them how to kind of film their own combines, so that way they can kind of right. track and record that data, see how these kids are progressing over time. We've got a kid that's benching right. a buck 85, say, okay, we're gonna run this combine again in two months, we want you to be at 215. Now here's a healthy roadmap for you to get there. So like I said, we can use data that. to help them kind of minimize risk, minimize exposure to injury, things of that nature. Again, going back to kind of what you were saying, Anthony, about how the numbers are dropping down. If we can figure out ways of making it safer and we can use data to help that, it's a no-brainer. But also on that platform, so we'll have all their academics as well, um, GPA test scores. And one one area on our platform, we have them put in their social media following 
uh, all their different handles. So we can start educating these kids on name, image, and likeness that are part of our sports analytics club. To hey, listen, the chances of you making it to pro are next to nothing. If you're fortunate enough to have the ability to go and play at the next level, that's really where you're going to be able to kind of monetize your athletic talents. So let's, again, kind of going back to with the Sports Analytics Cup, giving these kids opportunities and exposure, saying, hey, this is the real world. This is what the business world looks like. This is the business of sport. If we can do that with these athletes and say, hey, listen, you're going to be a business. You're going to be a brand. The sooner you start learning, the better you're going to be. I love that. Tie it all up for them to set themselves up as business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever it is of their own entity. Um, and like half the, Almost half the states allow NIL at high school yeah. level. Half don't. Right uh, so that's that's kind of dope. Um, give us the shit you should know, or what should we do? Whiskey of the day first. How does it work, man? I'm, I'm, I'm new to this, man. Let's do the, the whiskey. The drink of the day. Whiskey, yeah, a drink. The tequila, the whiskey. No, no. Like I said, I'm, I'm on whiskey hue, man. I'll go with a little whiskey for you. Again, I am not a whiskey connoisseur, so I would probably say Jameson has always been my go-to when it, when it comes to whiskey. Poor. I'm sorry, I just sneezed again, man. I got a like I said. <laughs> we, we will have to get together you can show me some good stuff because when I was in I went to Ireland for one of my birthdays a bunch of years ago and it happened to be a blizzard which Ireland doesn't get a lot of snow um, yeah. so I went to a, a Jameson tasting and uh, so they gave us some Jameson they gave us some Johnny they gave us some Jack um, and again the the amateurist palette that I have compared to you boys um, it, it was dra- dramatically different so got a little liquored up, had good times. And then on the way home, uh, like I said, it was a blizzard. So I was walking past uh, um, St. Oh, Patrick's no. Church. And like I said, it's a blizzard. There's little kids outside playing. I walk by, these three little kids start laughing. I'm like, oh, these sons of bitches are going to light me up. Sure enough, as soon as I walk past them, bop, 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 hit me with a whole bunch of snowballs. It's like, all right, it's on. And then I'm walking around the corner. And as I get to the opening, snowball goes right past my face. At this point, I was all right. As I said, I had a few drinks in me. So I said, let's go on the gladiator side. I had an umbrella with me. So I opened up the umbrella. That was my shield. I packed a whole bunch of little snowballs. Oh. I tore those little kids up. I love it. I love it. I love it. You, so you started the college. So the Protestant Irish War, you started that, ChrisOrlando.com. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, that's a great story, man. Um, that's great. Wait, hey, Jameson in Ireland in a yeah. blizzard. Can't touch that. That's good. That's the best whiskey story I can give you uh, without having That's a good one. That's really good. Everybody, good else, everybody else's whiskey story ends up with them, you know, in the bathroom or, you know, passed out. So this works. I like it. So <laughs> instead of being passed out or thrown up in the bathroom, I'm annihilating little kids in a snowball fight. I like that's it, man. Like, hey. There you go. We love the kids. A lot, lot of jokes there, too. But, okay. So go for it. <laughs> Shit you should know, man. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, well, I, listen, I, I'll go because um, I just want to give it to a fool here because, you know, we were talking about India. And did you hear about Major League Cricket launching uh, yep. in the U.S.? Of course you heard. But no, so, you know, you know, tell me, Chris, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I think I think one of the conversations I have offline with friends, we, we get into this discussion all the time. Like, oh, we got the four majors in the U.S., and they're going to hold their spot for for a long period. There's no one going to take their spot, really, right? <clears throat> but what, there's an opportunity for number five. And there's going to be a consistent number of opportunity for another league to constantly move up to five, right? And maybe dethrone the number four most popular sport. And anytime you can kind of get a, a following that has, a, you know, a sport that has a massive following outside the U.S. Yeah. To, to make its way here because let's be clear there's very few I don't maybe it's not very few people but there's not a lot of people who watch all four sports consistently the majors mm-hmm. right there's always someone who comes in and I think there's the opportunity where uh, uh, cricket has in the US I'm still trying to understand it same you know, I like I, 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 I like I've I put on ESPN plus I'm like I don't know what is going on here but <laughs> I'm just going to watch it because they say it's popular. So I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. But um, I, I think there's there's a huge, just another big sport coming into the U.S. Uh, and it's going to, you know, in a few years, it's going to make some waves, I think. Let's see. Number two sport after globally after global football. football right? Yeah. So let's see. Let's see. I, I think uh, long as it's, at the end of the day, like any other business, it has to be well-run. Hmm. And once you have a well-run business, you can see the potential popularity because Formula One grew in the U.S. 
because Liberty Media bought it. Yeah. And when they yeah. bought it, they added Drive to Survival on Netflix. They increased the social media handling. And the next say you know, it's oh. popular in the U.S. So that's all yeah. I got. I think yeah, there's going to be – it's funny because when you talk about cricket being uh, the next big thing, when we started in India 10, 12 years ago, however many years ago it was, everyone's like, why are you trying to start American football? Why don't you just do another cricket league? And I'm like, the, the one thing that. that America has taught us is that there's enough – shelf space for multiple sports to thrive right so and, and again i think that is uh an interesting thing here with with it coming to the u.s i think that, like i said yeah i know there, there's a few people that have tried to, to bring it here and, and i'm like you i've I watched it when i was uh i was just out on vacation a couple weeks ago in south africa and they had cricket on tv and i'm like all right let me check this out yeah it's huge everywhere it's huge and it's you know like i know people at our bus stop they're like hey man they're up at two three in the morning watch because that's when you catch the game right i'm like i'm not but i guess i'm not a big baseball guy here and i guess people say if you compare cricket to baseball cricket's more fun because it's faster and you know it's a faster game to watch i don't know because they've shortened it baseball's shortening it now as well by 20 30 minutes a game so we've, we've had someone on to speak about that russell fink my guy um so it yeah we'll see um, let's see. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, no. How about you, Chris? Because I got a whole list of stuff to right. do. Because AZ likes me to go through. I got you now. My, my thing, and I think we talked about this offline, was uh, the Founders Podcast. So I, oh. I think, again, uh, this young buck, Jackie, turn, turned me on to it, right? So, uh, again, if you think of business owners and entrepreneurs, a, again, I, I played ball my whole life, and I've watched more amount of game film than anyone could think of, right? Every athlete worth their salt spends a shit ton watching game films because they're trying to figure out how they get better. The yeah. Founders Podcast, to me, is game film for a business owner because they're going to interview all of these business people. They're going to interview sports people. There's Jordan on there. There's Kobe on there. Um, yeah. There's Arnold Schwarzenegger. They've got a, a huge array. I forget how many he, he's done. He's done a ton of podcasts. But he goes through and he looks at these very influential people, these great businessmen, these great leaders, um, and what are like the common underlying themes that they all have. So again, to me, Founders Podcast has been game changing for me uh, in the fact that, like I said, if you're a business owner or, or want to be in business, you got to prepare, right? I mean, so, so watch your game film. It's so good. That one, um, and you know, it's so funny. That We were at a family reunion last week. We were exchanging podcasts, and that one came up. Like one of my cousins, right? He's one of our most well-read cousins. And he's like, I like this one because it goes deep. It's very academic as well. Uh, sometimes they cover books. Like the Jordan one, they went deep into like about a book about cool. Jordan. Um, there's another one called Acquired, which is yeah. similar. It's two kind of guys yeah. that kind of, you know, they, they read four or five books about the subject, and then they talk about it. But um, I love that, man. So I'm going to go through. I'm just going to list a couple, man. Uh Breakpoint. We saw we we spoke about you know Formula One, the Drive to Survive. Breakpoint is another one about tennis, and that's on Netflix right now. It's I think it's about a ten part series. Right now I'm on the one that's about a doll, but they're going around the Italian good looking dude. I forget his name, but he took Djokovic deep last year, but then Djokovic ended up winning that one. But like that kid's coming up. They're talking about the, the female and male athletes on in tennis. Watch it. It's great, and it tells you that it's a very grueling lifestyle, and that is comparable to golf. Contract players, you're responsible for your own travel, everything. So unless you're Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, it's, you know, outside of the top 100, let's say, it's very difficult. Like golf is similarly. Football, if, you, if you're if you blessed enough to make it, you're part of a team where there's a lot of costs that are covered. This year, individually, right? But then you make a ton off the court in tennis and sponsorships, right? Nadal, I'm sorry, Federer made like 90 mil last year, didn't even play one game. <laughs> you know? So that's dope. <clears throat> um, that's one. He's in the guys are used to me. I'll, I'll give a shout out to my, you know, University of Michigan. I don't know much about college basketball or football. I mean, college, um, I don't watch college sports as much unless, you know, one of the teams that we are affiliated with, like my school or something, was, is in deep in the playoffs or something. But Ananya, my niece, uh, 18, she's, she played, she was a volleyball and academic superstar. She's heading to University of Michigan. I love that bar, so I want to support her. We were there together for her graduation last week. Um, what's the last one? Tim Grover, man. You and I got together on this video. Uh, I remember, hey, Chris, just come on the pod, man, because we've been talking about it for a while. Nobody gets robbed for wearing LeBron's. 
But you get people getting robbed for wearing Jordans all the time. So that's just right. If, 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 your, if your goat leads you to crime, that's a goat, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the, another, you know, so that was a dope-ass video. But AG's not here for me to share that with him. So it's not his point. One last one, man, because they're, they're used to me doing like five or six. Fred Van Fleet. Okay. All right. This guy's from Rockford, Illinois. I'm from northwest of Chicago. That's where I was born and raised. This guy just signed. He won a chip with Kawhi on the Raptors. He was there on the Raptors forever. Kawhi came yep. for that three three and a half minutes and then won a championship. <clears throat> he he played for Auburn High School, the Knights, which is the rival to my Guilford High School. We were the Vikings, and but he was there much. He's much younger than I. But he was you know he's from Rockford, Illinois, a very small town. We got Cheap Trick. Uh, we got a few other people, Cindy. Crawford is from our nearby, but you know, we don't have too many claims to fame. He's one of them. He just signed a 43 mil per year contract, 129 mil. I don't know if he's worth it with the Rockets. He's damn good. He's a damn good point guard. I don't know if he's worth that. That's that crazy money that's flying around the yeah. NBA right now. So <laughs> kudos to him, man. Rockford Cag winning big. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the contracts in the NBA are just getting bananas, right? I mean, there's just so much money flowing. So good for them, man. The, the league has done a fantastic job. Adam has done a fantastic job. They continue to drive more and more dollars coming in so it's only fair that these cats are, are, are enjoying the the, re, the rewards of that brother enjoyed this man you're gonna come back uh hey, we, there's an open seat man number three spots open man we're looking for the next guy to jump I mean, into it because I, mean, I love chatting sports with you business media we I'm, do it I'm all just a lighter shade of brown <laughs> uh, people from Kashmir look like you, man. I'm Punjab, they can look more like me. There you go. <laughs> Dude, dope, dope to have you on. Thanks, man. Um, we're out, man. We'll Appreciate you, week. my man. Peace.